Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the St. Louis All Local Podcast. It's a production of the KMOX News Team. Today is Wednesday, November 1st. I'm Michael Calhoun, our top local story. A group of 34 local Jewish groups calling on Congresswoman Cori Bush to change her tune when it comes to the Israel-Hamas conflict. Let's go live to KMOX religion editor Fred Bottomer with the latest. In a statement, the organization say numerous times over the last 23 days, we have felt her words to be insensitive, incorrect, and fanning the flames of anti-Semitism. The statement takes issue with Bush labeling the Israelis as doing ethnic cleansing, saying, quote, In the last century, the Jewish people were the victims of the worst ethnic cleansing campaign in history, and the scars from the Holocaust are still fresh in our collective memory. The groups, including the Jewish Federation and the United Hebrew Congregation, also say Bush is supportive in private that issues contradictory public statements. Bush responds by saying while she thinks the group's allegations are unfair, she understands, in her words, Jewish neighbors are justifiably feeling frightened amid the horrific global rise of anti-Semitism. Reporting live, Fred Bottomer, KMOX News. A St. Louis Development Board just voted on the fate of the Railway Exchange Building, once a crown jewel of downtown, now dilapidated, a dangerous high-rise that had a fire just two weeks ago. LCRA passed a blight study in 2022 that included a rezoning plan, which was supported by then-Alderman Jack Coder, but he pulled the aldermanic bill. But now, it's Alderwoman Kara Spencer's ward, and she wants to proceed with it. LCRA's Commercial District Specialist, Zachary Wilson. To allow for Emma Domain and tax abatement for these two blocks. So we uh, decided to update the blind study because there's a couple changes that have occurred since our last blind study. The sky bridge has been taken down and also uh, there's been a fire and the condition of the building has gotten much worse than that when we first did the blind study. At the time of that blight study, they mainly focused on the parking garage condition for safety reasons. The LCRA voted unanimously to update the blight study in order to tie it to the automatic board bill and then move forward. Maria Kina, X News. Speed humps are being talked about again after a driver hit a pedestrian who was in a crosswalk. <laughs> That's the accident outside of Crown Candy Kitchen with the driver apologizing while driving around the victim. Alderman Rasheen Aldridge is picking up where his previous alderman for that ward left off, taking his bill and funding it with ward capital. My predecessor, James Page, uh, last session passed board bill 150 um, that uh, will be installing uh, speed humps and various spots of the old 5th Ward, now 14th Ward. And one of those spots was right outside of Andy's. Page's legislation puts a speed hump on St. Louis Avenue, while Alderman Alderidge also passed legislation which would put speed humps on 14th and is awaiting the mayor's signature. He adds that due to the cold, construction of these speed humps won't happen until the spring. Sean Malone, KMOX News. St. Louis County is in no rush to spend the settlement money they received from the Los Angeles Rams. The 2024 budget and the funding they received from ARPA is taking priority, says County Executive Sam Page. And we have the ARPA funds implemented, then we'll go back and talk about what we can do with the Rams money, but we're not in a big hurry. The money has been accruing interest and has grown by $6 million because of that. Page says when the time comes, the county will take public input on how to spend the funding. St. Charles County is upgrading its 911 call systems in the next year and a half. 
which should allow dispatchers to more accurately locate mobile callers. The new system will provide 911 with the caller's location and elevation. Plans also call for allowing callers to send photos or videos from the scene of an emergency. The person in charge of Missouri prisons is stepping down. Anne Presythe will leave the Department of Corrections on December 5th. She came to Missouri in 2017 after 30 years in North Carolina. The governor plans to appoint an interim director. Meet me at the Muni. The beloved outdoor theater is out with its lineup for next summer, eliciting a few gasps in the process for one of the show's Dream Girls. Muni President Coffee Coleman and Artistic Director Mike Isaacson on the show's plan for next season. It's big, it's bold. Um, it's a little I think crazy. It's a little crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot crazy. Um, um, in a sense, but it, it, it has the hallmarks of something old, something new, something for everybody, whoever you are in this beautiful community. I hope there's at least one where you go, oh. I want to see that. The season opens with Les Mis. Also returning is Fiddler on the Roof, which Isaacson says about one million St. Louisans have seen over its many productions over the years at the Muni. Today is All Saints Day, a holy day of obligation for Catholics. The Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis will display its collection of more than 140 relics to revere. They also have a number of relics of St. John Paul II, including the altar he used for Mass while visiting St. Louis in 1999. The last Mass today coming up at about 20 minutes at 5.30. College men's basketball Basketball is back in Hillsboro. Jefferson College hasn't had a men's team on the court since the 80s. Cole Rickerman, a graduate of Festus, is on the roster along with other local players. What's he good at? Shoot the basketball. That's been that's that was that, I've been told that's my job since the very start. Shooter, huh? Yep, shoot shoot the ball and play some good defense. And I told him I could do that for him. I've been working really hard to do that to the best of my capabilities. In celebration of the first game, Jefferson College is hosting a pregame party starting at 5:30, free food and giveaways. The Vikings take to the court 7 o'clock against Southwestern Illinois College. Stuart McMillan, KMOA. News. The KMOX Business Desk, Jim Crisula, tells us about a huge jury award in a case involving a popular lawn and garden product from a local company. Bayer AG, the owner of Monsanto, has been ordered by a Southern California jury to pay a 57-year-old man $332 million. Michael Dennis had claimed he got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after using Monsanto's Roundup for 35 years as a land surveyor. Monsanto says its lucrative product will be off store shelves by the end of 2023. The former Monsanto has faced over 154,000 lawsuits from people who said they got cancer from the weed killer. And when it comes to the first interactive teddy bear from St. Louis-based Build-A-Bear, it was unveiled today in stores. It's the Bear Leave Bear, and it responds to touch and voice. Founder Maxine Clark gave the first bear to you, a U.S. Marine, today in support of Toys for Tots. As we continue on KMOX, we're uh, past Halloween now, so you're probably thinking about Thanksgiving, but coming up tomorrow in the Cortex Innovation District, it's the annual Thanksgiving. My Nothing Impossible co-host Travis Sheridan and I talked with organizer Matt Homan about this brainstorming that pairs nonprofits and companies. So Thanksgiving is an initiative that we built a filament that pairs nonprofits with interesting challenges uh, with business partners uh, from around our community to help them think through that challenge in creative and innovative ways. Now, we've had a lot of uh, spotlights on hackathons where there are problems that are presented and different teams compete to try to come up with the, the best solution. That might be what people uh, you know, think of first or they might be able to relate to on first brush. Uh, but how is Thanksgiving different from the typical hackathon? Well, unlike a hackathon where there's one team that might prevail, everybody's the winner in Thanksgiving. Uh, we actually... Uh, work with the nonprofits. The process is kind of interesting. We work with the nonprofits 
to help them come up with a challenge, and that challenge can't be about money. We learned that if you ask a nonprofit what they need, they almost always say money is their biggest challenge. And so these nonprofit challenges include strategy, culture, team, scaling and offering, engaging with the community, things like that. We then take those challenges and we have a draft. It's not quite uh, the NBA on TNT style, but our <laughs> business partners come in, they pick a challenge, they don't know the nonprofit the challenge belongs to till after they're paired, and then only then do they get together to work on that challenge together. We help the business partners learn how to run an innovation day, so lots of them use it as a development opportunity for their high-performing young professionals, for team building, et cetera. We'll have almost 70 nonprofits paired with large organizations and small all across St. Louis, and they'll all be doing it here in the Cortex District. And, and what's the outcome from this? You know, the outcome is, uh, is completely different based upon the nonprofit. What we do is we want to give them the opportunity to engage with a thoughtful partner in an innovative way. But the challenges might be uh, a culture challenge, for example, and the nonprofit might walk out with a handful of new ideas. Uh, it might be a technology challenge where they've actually mapped out uh, a particular path forward. What are some examples uh, how this has worked in the past, both for uh, companies contributing, but especially some of the solutions that have been found for these organizations? You know, there are so many uh, really great success stories. Uh, and a couple of my favorite come from early on Thanksgiving. Uh, it really gave us the momentum to start thinking about how it could really have impact moving forward. Uh, our first year, we had a small nonprofit. Uh, they were called Gateway Greening. Uh, they realized that their significant challenge was their name was no longer particularly evocative of their mission, nor did it sound unique uh, with lots of other nonprofits in the community that had similar names with the word green in it. They paired up with Nestle Purina. Nestle Purina, over the course of the day, not only came up with cool new name uh, and some initial kind of branding ideas, but they continued to partner for the next year until Gateway Greening became Seed STL. Uh, and so that was uh, not only a great experience in the day for both the business partner and the nonprofit, but it was a continuing partnership where they continued to work together uh, to really move the needle. Uh, another favorite early on, uh, Wings of Hope, uh, a nonprofit uh, that flies uh, doctors and medicines all around the world, paired up with Ameren. Uh, Wings of Hope challenge was how might they engage with a younger set of volunteers, potentially recruit younger board members. And it was interesting that that was a similar challenge that Ameren has. Uh, a large organization has been around for a long time, has a workforce that is not getting any younger. And they had a chance to really think creatively about the same kind of problem uh, and both walked out with some interesting solutions. So it wasn't just the nonprofit profiting from that collaboration, but the business partner came up with some cool ideas as well. Uh, and this year we have uh, nearly 70 nonprofits paired with business partners. Uh, a couple of interesting uh, topics. One of them, uh, Nurses for Newborns and Bayer uh, are partnering about building a comprehensive communication plan. Uh, Soul Fisher Ministries and Great Southern Bank are thinking about how to ignite their dedicated board members and energize new ones. Those are just a few of the kinds of challenges that uh, people walk out with energy and excitement. So what is what does a Thanksgiving day look like? Can people wander through and observe this? Is there a, is there a pitch competition or a demo day that's part of this? What does it look like? There Visual, is, visualize yeah, so, it for us. Yeah, so, each of, so first of all, each business partner and nonprofit are building teams of three, four, or five apiece. So the nonprofits bring an executive leader, a staff member who's close to the problem to be solved, 
oftentimes a board member, sometimes a volunteer, and even occasionally a constituent they serve, the business partners come with a similarly sized team. So every conference room in the Cortex District uh, between the 4240 and the 4220 Duncan buildings uh, are completely filled. Uh, so coming in, wandering around is an amazing thing. But at the end, instead of a pitch competition, we do what we call a solution showcase. Each team at the end of their day fills out a board. It kind of looks like a junior high science fair. They share the uh, lessons they learn. They share their next steps. They share the experiments they're going to try. They even share unreasonable requests that they like to make, not just to their nonprofit or not just to their business partner, but to the universe. And we have at around four o'clock uh, tied in with Venture Cafe a chance for the public to come and see all the amazing work that was done, but also to be introduced to some nonprofits they might not know. Uh, last year, at least one nonprofit uh, found a couple board members in that solution showcase. Make sure you head down there right around 4 o'clock, uh, right when Venture Cafe is kicking off, and you can learn more at thanksgiving.org. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you both. It's great to talk to you again. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Michael Calhoun. Subscribe, stay up to date, on demand. Search for St. Louis All Local.